Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello there everyone, it's Michael Lester here and you're welcome once again to the Game on Sunday podcast. So much to talk about from the weekend gone by and of course it's coming thick and fast in both sports, both in hurling and in football and a lot more to talk about uh, for the weekend ahead and indeed slightly beyond that as well. Once again, I am joined by Pat Spillan and Tomas Mulcahy uh, good to have you along again, lads. Um, just looking back, Pat, at last weekend, as I said, you know, it was hectic in the football championship and it gets even more hectic coming up uh, next weekend. It was, Michael, and it was, look, it was a great weekend for Gaelic football. So it's nice to be that we can blow our trumpet about the game. I mean, we had three preliminary quarterfinals, a four preliminary quarterfinals. Three of them were decided by a pint. Uh, two of them were decided by last-minute scores in injury time with uh, Cox, Kevin O'Donovan getting the punched pint and with uh, Conor McCarthy getting a brilliant pint with the outside of the lift uh, to beat Kildare. So, great football. Uh, the excitement, Michael, in, and I know you would you won't like to be reminded much, the excitement in injury time in Galway Mayo was, I mean, was edge-of-the-seat stuff and it was something you would was you wouldn't you wouldn't get or wasn't on any sporting venue last weekend. So it was absolutely very, very enjoyable. Close matches, a lot of talking points, some brilliant individual pieces of skill, I mean, and brilliant individual displays. David McBride's goal for Mayo, probably one of the goals of the year. Conor McCarthy's goal and winning pint for Monon, superb. Jack McCartan got a beautiful pint. Derek Canavan, uh like like Jack O'Connor said during the week, he said we thought we had got rid of we were finished with Peter Canavan, and along come two of his sons, and they're just they're just beautiful players to watch, so skillful. Dara got a, his fifth pint against Donegal was a thing of beauty. He got it on the sideline with a defender on him, nutting on, and he managed to wriggle his way in solo in and kick a magnificent left footed pint. So uh, Michael very very positive on the uh, in the Sam Maguire this weekend, disappointing in the Talton Cup. But you know what to me was the highlight last weekend 
And as a Kerry man, it probably pains you. It was Monaghan's victory over Kerry in the All-Ireland Under-17 semi-final. Because this is the first time Monaghan has been in... It's only the second time they've ever been in a minor final. The last time they were in a minor final was 84 years, which uh, just to look at the euphoria and the celebrations and the joy for such a small county and its supporters, you know, you can do up to dream in sport and you can achieve. And I think as far as I know, it was the first ever championship victory by Monaghan over a Kerry team in any grade uh, over the years. So uh, all in all, Michael, a really, really enjoyable weekend for Gaelic football. It is, and to us, from a hurting point of view, you know, after all the toing and throwing and coming and going that we've had over the weeks, it's some great hurting, obviously. Down to the last four now. Yeah, down to the last four. Um, I had said last week, you know, that I was, again, I was questioning Galway because of what happened in the Leinster final. Um, um, and they came up trumps um, against the, what was, I must say, was a very, very poor Tipperary performance. And, um, I'm sure they're getting a lot of stick and criticism in Tipperary right, uh, right now because of that performance. Because up to then they had under the, they had done a lot of things right. Um, losing to Waterford, obviously, in in in, in that round robin series, cost them dearly in terms of a, a most championship uh, final appearance that would have automatically taken to to the quarter final and one less game. But um, this 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 was uh this was a heavy defeat for 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 Tipperary um because. I thought Galway just mastered him all over the field. And um, I must say about Shefflin, I know um, he looked back and did he learn from the uh, the Leicester final defeat? I think he did. Um, I had said that, um, Michael, that they were very much opened up in the face, particularly in the full back line, half back line, to allow very, very soft goals by Kenny. This time around, he kind of played Carl Mannion back there as a sweeper and he was, it was a masterstroke. He was, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, because this guy is, is is a very talented hurler. He's a fine athlete, but he's great vision. Every time he read the game, he was in behind his half back line. He was picking up breaking ball, but his distribution of the field then was top class. And uh, just surprised at Tipperary. You know, you're, you're seeing a lot of that in the modern game with a sweeper going back, an extra man going back into the fence. Why they don't put somebody on that person and the beggar's beliefs and maybe free up? the so-called worst, worst player in that uh, defensive six uh, unit because uh, he absolutely destroyed uh, Tipperary. And then at the other end, we had a man who was man the match in Leicester final again last Sunday, Conor Whelan. Terrific performance by Galway. On the other side, uh, everybody expected Clare to get over Dublin. Bit of a poor first 20 minutes, but then the whole thing to go off for Clare and uh, three goals from Tony Kelly some brilliant, brilliant individual performances all over the field. But the big concern for, for Clare and for Brian Lowe going into an order is we find Michael is the amount of increase that they picked up, the hard-going in Munster. Is it now taking its toll for the second year in a row? We'll have to wait and see for semi-final day. We would indeed. But uh, for the moment, uh, Pat, just to go back to the football, because um, apart from the Sam Maguire competition, we had Touching Cup as well, and we have the finalists. Well, uh, and you know, first is going back to the Talton Cup, the, the game between Meat and Antrim, the semi final, uh, was an enjoyable game of football. Meat looked to be cruising it, and and uh, uh, the last fifteen minutes, Antrim came back in it and were unlucky, probably not to win. Uh, it was a nice game of football, an enjoyable game of football, and certainly there's no doubt about it. Column is rebuilding, 
Uh, he's giving you to chance and me. They're playing a nice brand of football. At the same time, he's bringing the bodies back. He's not He's not being naive and stupid. Andy McIntyre has done it. Antrim have always been a sleeping giant in recent years. The players of their club standards is very high. And Andy McIntyre seems to be getting a tune out of um, out of this Antrim price. But as for the other semi-final, Michael, I mean, I really... Fa- now, 8.16 to 2.12. I mean, and this is supposed to be... A 22-point hammering for Leash by Down. And bear in mind, this is supposed to be a competition where weaker teams, teams of the same level, are to be play, playing against each other. There's two points I'd like to make about that particular match. Now, analysis is out of the question because it's a complete mismatch. I really felt sorry, honestly felt sorry for the Leash management and players. They didn't deliberately set out to lose a game by 22 points. They've parked their life for the last nine months. Uh, for t- for to w- for to do something good for leash football, and I I felt sorry for them because they didn't deserve that hammering. But you know they were very very poor on the day. I go back to something what I've already said uh, in previous podcast. Last year I gave a huge huge welcome to the Talton Cup. It's an absolutely brilliant idea. Last year the county management teams, the county players. The J, they all embraced it. It was a really successful competition. And this year, it is also a successful competition. Except my big gripe is, and here's the key thing, Michael. The Talton Cup is not for the likes of meat. It isn't even for the likes of Down. It is not for the likes of Kevin. The Talton Cup should be restricted to weaker footballing counties and weaker footballing counties should be those counties in Division 4 along with perhaps two, the two counties relegated from Division 3 or maybe the last four counties in Division 3 but the Talton Cup competition uh, is not a competition we meet aren't a weak county down aren't a weak footballing county Haven aren't a weak footballing county they're underperforming at the top level but I think there needs to there needs to be a serious look now at the competition. We have is it five or six different competitions in Hurley? If you're going to have different competitions in football, well, I think so. Now there should be a three different competitions where there should be a middle tier and the Talton Cup for the exclusively Division Four and relegated from Division Three to Division Four. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As much, Pat, as we, we enjoyed the games from last weekend, of course, and we've spoken about this before, it's coming thick and fast. 
because the draw takes place on Monday morning. They're back into action. The winners are back into action again next weekend. And of course, the eye catcher there uh, is Dublin and Mayo. Uh, a renewal again <laughs> of this rivalry. You know, I, I, I beg to differ, Michael. I, I think the eye catcher there is is Kerry and Tyrone with all due respect. I mean, the All Ireland champions of 2020. Two playing the All Ireland champions of 2021. Uh, and, and, the good, and, and the good news, Pat, is you're on GA goal again. Uh, well, well, there's two things. I mean, no, can I like can, can I just can I just ask you about that? Right, it, it, the the quarterfinals, two quarterfinals on GA goal on Saturday. Kerry are one of those. I think Kerry have actually six games in the championship to date. Four, four of them have been on air to go, one on RT and one not shown at all as Ireland champions. Are you happy with that? I know you're singing the praises of GA Go a couple of weeks back. Uh, 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 GA Go is an, is, is, is an inevitability. I accept pay-per-view is an inevitability. It's it's par for the course. It's here. It's here to stay. Uh, but we're not all on requirements. Please, Tomas. Yeah. Right, I, right, I, I, in theory, it's a great idea. It's great value, 79 euro for a year to get 30-something matches, right? Right, so, okay. So, I'm looking at the GA, and I'm looking at... Michael mentioned two things there. One, he mentioned the draw next Monday morning, and two, he mentioned GA Go. Now, the GA should be in the business, and that is the primary aim of, of the G Gaelic Athletic Association is to promote the playing of Gaelic football and hurling. Uh, now... Are they maximising the publicity out of the chapter? Well, we said that with the split season, they're not because they're getting rid of the inter-county in a couple of weeks' time, right? That's number one. Number two, you had a huge draw to place last weekend, last Monday morning. Please yeah. tell me, why the hell do you have to wait to a radio programme on a Monday morning at half eight to make the draw for the All-Ireland quarterfinal? The whole nation, all the GA supporters are waiting for this draw. Uh, instead of doing it on 6-1 news or instead of doing it on the Sunday game, Sunday night, we wait almost 24 hours to do it on a radio station on, mon on a Monday morning. A wasted opportunity last weekend and next weekend, a wasted opportunity thrown into a radio studio on a Monday morning. That's number one. The second thing is, yes, the GA go into yeah. is a great idea, but... One of the good things that will come out of all this Ryan Tuberty RT shenanigans is that accountability and transparency will have to come out. And one of the things we've always asked questions about in relation to RT, the J and J go is the lack of transparency, the lack of accountability. What's the deal? Who's who's getting what? Who's whatever letter? This, I think now, this shenanigans with all those powerful committees and the doll examining it, I think we might get more transparency. But you're right about, uh, I mean, about Kerry and wearing my Kerry hat. I mean, with all due respects, you're right. This is the sixth championship game Kerry are playing. The only championship game that was shown was the Munster final. The reason the Munster final, they're contractually, RT are contractually obliged to show all provincial finals live. Uh, the Kerry Lout game, which was a vital game and a lot to play for, wasn't shown even on Diego. And this is now the third. This is now the fourth game on Diego. So pray tell me, I think what what's happening? You have the All Ireland champions behind the paywall. You have the greatest 
player in the game, in the modern game at the moment, David Clifford, behind the paywall. Instead, of we should be maximising the publicity of the All-Ireland Champions playing. We should be maximising the publicity of David Clifford playing. We should be maximising the publicity of all the rivalry Kerry Tyrone. It's a, it's a marketing person's dream. And I just feel that Kerry uh, are being exploited uh, to increase uh, subscription fees for Diego. And that, is, I believe, is wrong. You see, Michael, I knew, I knew, I, I knew I'd get to me again, and and for my own county pass, so you don't have to get, you don't have to get to me at all tomorrow. No, but we had a very successful, very successful win against uh, Roscommon again, five games, and only one of them on RT as well. Now next Sunday they're they're on RT, but um, I know that's for another conversation. I think it's for a, a conversation at the end of the year because certainly I wouldn't be happy, but I do agree with your point in terms of football and and the Tottenham Cup. There are teams in there that shouldn't be in it. It's not good. It's not healthy. And I would say the same in terms of the hurling. If Wexford had gone down into the Joe McDonough yeah. Cup, it would have been a disaster for hurling. We need to get Wexford and Offaly, and we need to have Mead and Down competing for Sam Maguire on a regular basis. They're too good and they're too strong to be down in the Talton Cup. And I do agree with you on that. One thing that's, that uh, that struck me obviously last weekend was and a frustration at this. You had two big championship matches clashing with each other on RTE. One game on uh, RTE two and the other game on RTE one, which of course was the Galway Mayo match. Ah, sure, Michael, isn't that the whole joke about it? I mean, we're throwing and we knew this. Well, it's an yeah. that some games are going to be behind the paywall. It's inevitable they're going to be clashes. Why? Because you threw so many. You got you went from 60-something games in the football championship to 90-something games. You have an extra week. There's going to be clashes. And you're right. It may... Last year, the G, the G made a, a commitment, gave a commitment that the Talton Cup semi-finals would be standalone and get live television for the standalone. And what did they do last week? In the middle of, of, of Antrim and meet Galway and Mayo start playing. Uh, is that fair to Galway? And, uh, is that fair to the Talton Cup? No, it's not. It, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. All right, lads. Listen, I'm going to take a, a short break here because we have a lot to talk about still, of course. And just to remind people, if they want to hear the rest of this podcast, uh, then you can get all the details on the gameonsunday.com. Uh, the sign-up fee is €4 Euro a month. As I said, the next part of the podcast is coming up. If you want to join us and stay with us, you know where to find the details, thegameonsunday.com, and it'll guide you through it. Uh, for the moment, lads, talk to you again very shortly. Hello there, just reminding you, it's Michael Lester here and uh, welcome back again to The Game on Sunday podcast. Um, we were talking about clashes of fixtures and so forth with uh, Pat Spillane and Tomas Mulcahy a little bit earlier on. <clears throat> but I suppose, Pat, let's let's get down to the nitty-gritty here and let's, let's just talk football in terms of what we're coming up next uh, weekend. Uh, four big games, Kerry and Tyrone, Armagh Monaghan, then you have Derry and Cork, and Dublin and Mayo, uh, and th- that's that's going to be a fair bit of a dust up to to find out who's going forward to the semi finals. Oh, well, Michael, th- I, like okay, the Kerry Tyrone game is is just absolutely 
massive. Uh, I mean, uh, is it the, is it the draw Kerry want? Oh, geez, no. Kerry would have been hoping uh, to have gotten one instead of Tyrone because there's no doubt about it that Tyrone side in the championship spook Kerry. They get under Kerry's skin and Kerry will be thinking of that All-Ireland semi-final 2021, two years ago, where uh, Tyrone played a game of poker, pulled a stroke and Kerry bleaked. And it cost them a place possibly in the All-Ireland final. So there's revenge wills, don't you? Are you not telling me that that won't be mentioned a lot of times this week? It will in the Kerry camp. So uh, we talked about timing last weekend. And, you know, this is the, 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 the... this is the brilliance of this year's championship over the last number of weeks. Is It's a bit like top of the pops that one team is on top one week and the next week they co- another team shoots from nowhere. Uh, Galway 8, and not to remind you, Michael, but Galway, I mean, only eight days ago, Galway were the only team in the championship with a percent record. Uh, everything in the gather, Rosie, and they gone out of the championship. They didn't even make the last state. So, yeah. and a lot, a lot has, a lot of success in this year's championship and the key to success in this year's championship is probably timing and we spoke last weekend about Kerry and Dublin timing their run and there's no doubt about it out of all the counties I saw last weekend Iron were probably the most impressive winners and you start to say geez, they're getting their, their timing right and you know it was Tyrone of old remember first of all 12 they started with 12 of their all Ireland winning team of two years ago but the constants was there, the aggression, the high tempo of football, uh, the game management. It was all, all the good qualities that you associate with Tyrone football were there. And there are one thing we noticed under Brian Doerr uh, and Fergalo is that com- unlike with the Mickey Hart, they have a good attacking plan and they have a lovely kicking game into the likes of Darren McCurry, into Darren, Darren Canavan, into Rory Canavan. They have interesting forwards. I'm, it, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, Tyrone have their mojo back and their timing is good and they were very impressive last week. Question mark, you wonder how good were Donegal. I'm not too sure. Kerry will be looking for revenge and don't you tell don't tell me that they won't. Uh, they've had a two-week break. They're fresh. They've looked, they've looked, uh, they looked against Laos uh, back to their physically and mentally very, very sharp. So, right, there's three questions, Michael, to determine that can determine the result of this game. One is how will Kerry deal with Tyrone's defensive system and defensive setup? Now, when they played Tyrone two years ago, and this is this was where Kerry lost the game more than anywhere else. Kerry turned over the ball against Tyrone in the Ireland semi final twenty twenty one thirty five times, Michael. Thirty five times they turned over the ball. 30 times they turned over the ball in the final third. So they took the ball into the Tyrone, uh, into the Tyrone trap, into the Tyrone defensive setup, and they were turned over. And they were turned over 30 times. And Tyrone, out of those 30 turnovers, got two goals and nine points. So, right, we want to see will Kerry have learned. And there's no doubt about it. Okay, Lout aren't on the same quality of uh, as Tyrone, but Lout have a defensive system. No different than Tyrone. And Kerry against Tyrone, against our against Louts blanket were very impressive. They played with wit, they played with depth, they had a good kicking game, and they went for long range points. And I liked the way they alternated. David Clifford went in, who came out towards the centre forward position. Shawnee Shea slipped in. So I thought their forward play against Tyrone or against Louts blanket was impressive and they're learning. 
the key is they can't take the ball into contact. They'll be turned over. That's number one. The second thing in terms of Tyrone's kit is the mat- is the matchups. Uh, Tyrone last week against Donegal were brilliant. They got their matchups right. Hamsey is a brilliant man marker. McNamee is a, is a brilliant man marker. The key player in their man marking system and in their transition play afterwards is Conor Myler. Conor Myler last week against Donegal got a man marking job on Owen Bond Gallagher. And Owen Bond Gallagher's he didn't do any of those normal runs. Now, you you remember back to two years ago. And the key reason why Tyrone, one of the besides turnovers, the second key reason why Tyrone beat Kerry that day was they got two vital matchups spot on. They had, first of all, Amsey on Sean O'Shea. And secondly, and I think Shawnee got one point from play. But even more effective, they had Connor Myler, that man again, on Paddy Clifford, who supplies the bullets to Paddy. And he just blanked out Paddy. So the matchups will be it'll be vital. And the final thing, Michael, to decide is refereeing interpretation. And refer the thing about it is, Michael, the same rules apply in every game. There's only one rule book. But when I see referees at inter-county level and at club level, of course, it's worse. There's different interpretations. So you look at two referees last Sunday. Brendan Cawley was referee in the Roscommon Cork game and he likes to leave things flow. In many cases, there was a lot of freeze that went unpunished. Jerome Henry then was the referee between Kildare and Monon. And jo- jo- Jerome, refer- Jerome Henry is a referee that likes to pull up everything. So, who is the referee next after? You wouldn't believe it. It's Brendan Cawley. Now, step back to two years ago. The the referee between Kerry and Tyrone two years ago was David Coldrick, who left the game, likes to let, leave the game flow. Suits, lovely for spectators, also lovely for defenders, lovely for swarm tackling. And Kerry sports and Kerry management will argue that a lot of frees went unpunished because of that style. It'll be interesting to see how Brendan Cawley, he likes to leave the game flow. You will say Brendan Cawley's style of play will suit that swarm defence, that tackling style of Tyrone. So a lot of ifs, buts and maybes. I'll give a hesitant vote that Kerry have got their mojo back, that their timing and they'll all over the line in what will be a roller coaster of a ride, a brilliant match, and uh, even if you hate you, go just buy it anyway. <laughs> I feel is it is it all right if I go for a cup of tea there? Because Jesus, there's another three matches. I think is there. Christ, <laughs> is there only on next weekend? Sorry, is there only on next weekend? <laughs> Let Tomas off there, will you? Let Tomas off. He's not the top. I'm going to make up a few games. Have I going to make up a few games? God, I'm tonight. I'll call championship. Listen, both of, both of you guys obviously have played the sport at the highest level. And and we have this situation because of, I know we're repeating ourselves here now, but I can't help but um, this this condensed championship, if you like, and, and matches come and take them fast. You have a situation where some teams playing next weekend will be out again, having played last weekend. And I, I'm just wondering, Thomas, what do you guys think? Like, is, is a week enough time to to recover from a yeah. from big championship matches and now facing into another one. Yeah, look, Michael, we, we we we've kind of hinted at this from the very very start of our podcast. You know, the game on Sunday because of the way the season has been compacted, 
the way the games are coming fast and thin. And it was very evident, I suppose, from the Harding Championship, the round Robin series where you played on a given Saturday or Sunday and you were out again six days later. And uh, people taking lots out of each other, very, very competitive games. And you're saying, God, how can they recover? Where's the recovery time? It's now beginning to happen in the football side of things. And now you're hearing and you're reading more. Why isn't there, why isn't there a further break? Why is like five matches in six weeks in tough competitive nature of, the, of, 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 of how it's gone? And um, I think it's something that has to be looked at. We're we're down to semi-finals in hurling. We have two matches, and we have a final. We have three matches left, and we're not at the end of June. Um, to me, and we've mentioned this Pat from the very very go, and I think you'll be very strong on this as well. There's something there because the emotional the emotional side of it, the emotional investment that's going in by the player, the so guy, you know, to get to get to get himself picked up for these matches, to get him to get the recovery. You know, you talk to managers about last year that they learned from last year. Patterson and Terry in Dublin have learned particularly well in terms of the timing. Other counties haven't. You look at Galway winning a provincial title and they're gone. Would they want to do that next year? Probably not. So there's sure. there, there, there's a there's an awful lot to be looked at, but unfortunately we can't do it now because we're now in the middle of the most competitive championship that we've had in, in hurling and football. And it's fantastic and it's great watching, but something has to give. I mean, the players that are the players are the players are the most important in all of this. Let's come, let's come back again, Pat, to, to the football coming up next week. And uh, you, you spoke at length there, obviously, about Kerry and Ferrone and no doubt huge match on Saturday. But the other game on Saturday, Armagh versus Monaghan, one of these two counties is going to be in an All Ireland semi final, and and they have to be taken note of as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, just briefly getting back, I mean, the, the, winning the Connacht title didn't cost Galway, uh, didn't cost Galway uh, a place in uh, what cost Galway a place is uh, something I've highlighted all year round that they didn't have a forward line to ever win an All Ireland. And last week, this uh, Shane Walsh w- was again inconsistent and anonymous. Damien Comer was was injured uh, and their scoring efficiency was 43%. Now, if you score, if you 43% scoring efficiency, you don't deserve to be in the quarterfinal. A second line, just briefly. I, I, was, I wasn't talking about that, Pat. I'm just talking about the concept of the championship. But, but right getting there. back briefly yeah. to, yeah. you take, uh, you, you're right. I mean, the competition, uh, we're, we're back into split season. And by the way, in the split season, you know, it's one of the reasons of the split season is, ah, we want to look after the club player, right? We want to look after the club player. Do you know what I just looked at last weekend? Bally Haig and Dr. Crokes, they're gone out of the Kerry County Club Hurling Championship already on the 25th of June. So, so much for looking after the club players. They're finished. Finished. Anyway, uh, that's number one. Number two, yeah, you take Mayo. I mean, Mayo had to go to Galway, a tough game last week, right? This Sunday, seven days later, they're up in Crow Park taking on Dublin in, in their backyard. And if they win that match, they're back out, I think, this next weekend, in a, they'd be in a semi-final. Sure, amateur players, Michael, for it is an absolute joke. They need rest and recuperation. They're not getting it because we have to rush, we have to tick boxes, we do the speed dating. So, right, get back to our man and man. Yeah, one of them will be, it'll be in the last four. Uh, would you, could you honestly say that they're a top four team in the country? No, but 
that's the way to draw. Uh, it's a hard one to call. I think a lot of the results on, uh, at the weekend will be determined by all the teams with a seven day that have seven days and played last weekend, how they will have recovered. Yes, they'll have momentum, but gee, they were all involved in tough, tough championship games. And they are now playing against teams who are probably who've had two weeks of a break and all managers will say the ideal lead to, lead in time between games is two weeks. So our Manon did well last week, showed great character, it looked to be heading out of the competition, showed great character and got that final winning point. Uh, in what was, to be quite honest, Michael, was the poorest game of the weekend, Manon and Kildare. But I like the way Amar going about their business. Like I said, they have an extra, they have a two-week break. Reno O'Neill is back. Yes, maybe they caught Galway on the hop, which was a good result to uh, to go to Carrick and Shannon and beat Galway. And I like, you know, the one thing, they're well-organised defensively. They're starting to play kicking game again. They're starting to play fun foot football but what I like about this 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 Armagh team is there's great yes there's very good football but there's great character they've come from behind in so many games and they, they, they show great willingness they're playing for their manager and they have a uh, I think I fancy uh, you know unlucky last year not to not, not to beat Galway on penalties I think they'll go one one better this year I think it's Armagh to beat Manor and let's go, go forward to Sunday uh, Derry and Cork and a lot of people have been saying good things about Cork football this season yeah even I've been saying good things about uh, because why uh, I, I tell you this the one thing about a Cork fella and particularly a Cork footballer like Cork hurlers always bring that bit of Corkness and arrogance and confidence to, to, to you uh, Cork footballers not all the time but when a Cork football team get a bit of a run and get confidence uh, they're a match for any team. And look, you have to admire what they've done. They, they've Since they got beaten by player in the Munster semi-final, they've regrouped, reorganised, and they've been very impressive. Uh, Kevin Walsh has done very well organised defensively. They have a powerful running game. Uh, their subs bench has made a huge impact in all their games, especially last weekend, quite particularly. They've shown great in the three matches. What I like about them is their, uh, is their spirit. Against Lout, with 13 minutes to go, they were pint behind and came back to win it. Against Mayo, we talked about it last weekend, they were six pints down in the 56 minutes and they came back to win it. Against Roscommon, they were woeful in the first half, in the first half an hour. They were four pints out. They came back to win it. So they have confidence. They have a powerful running game, a good subs bench, but I just... Pat, could I just ask you that? Yeah. In terms of in terms of the watching the Cork football, from my from my side of things, are are they are they solely at a very defensive unit in the first thirty five minutes, forty five minutes to keep themselves in the game? Because like it's been very very low scoring first half, and you would say they're terrible, but something changes after half time, and I, I don't know how you rate this guy, but one guy that has been very impressive to me has been number three Maguire. And like similar with 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 the Mayo goal above in 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 Bandeslaw, it came from the fullback as well. Very I very would. effective. It's is that is that the new play in the game to for the running game keep it tight and then. Well, they are very yes. They, they do set out initially to contain, and they have a very good defensive game plan. And Kevin Walsh is one of the best in the business in that game. But what they have in defenders is they have very they have young defenders, athletic defenders, very yeah. comfortable on the ball. I mean, you look at last weekend. 
five cock defenders, five cock defenders scored scored against Ross Cobbin. And yeah. I, if if there is a weakness, and and this is what I start to half fancy Jerry. I think they've improved from last year. Uh, they will miss Rory Gallagher's influence on the sideline, but I think they've improved from last year. You know, they they got promotion from Division Two. They retained their Ulster title. I like their. They've got more variety into their forward play. Last year, they were isolated and the, their counter-attacking game at times when they turned over there was no one up front this year they overloaded the full forward line they leave a few up front Shane McGregor is brilliant and I think the, the, the deciding of this game will be the respective forward lines and while Derry depend too much on maybe on Shane McGregor I just feel that they have still a better forward line than Cox forward line I think Cox forward line doesn't have enough of a scoring threat and if Brian Hurley is out Stephen Sherlock has done very well. He stepped up in the sub against Mayo and he's played well last week. But he's a very he can be a very flaky, inconsistent player. So I just think Derry have, have a better are a better team than last year uh, and more experienced, and they're just that year ahead of them in terms of development. Michael, I thought things were looking good for us at one stage here. He was talking up cop football over Cork hurling. I thought he was kind of going to edge with Cork with with Spillane, it's always the a but. The truth you don't, hurts. you don't, Tomas, you you don't want Bat Spillane talking cork up too much. Let's face it here. It's who talked about very, very good there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you know, um, I I understand Pat's uh, feeling that the Kerry Tyrone match is is the big game of these quarterfinals next weekend, and, and fair enough. Um, but look at the Dublin uh, IO affair. That's that's kind of. That's going to be interesting as well. Uh, it, it, of course, it is. It's a it's a huge, huge game, and you know uh, that word revenge. I mean, twenty twenty one, Mayo deservedly turned over a Dublin in extra time, and unfortunately, as t- typical Mayo, they, they they didn't fail to turn up for the Aladdin final against Tyrone and were beaten. Uh, Look, the one thing with this Mayo team, it doesn't matter whether it's Kevin McStay or James Gordon or Stephen Rochard, when their back's to the wall, these lads are just warriors. You never write them off. You write them off at your pedal. And there was an awful lot to admire about their play last week against Godway. I thought their game management in the first half against that gale force wind was brilliant. 61% possession. And they and they played the game on their terms. They slowed the game down, kept possession, didn't take the ball into um very, very good. In the second half, game management, absolutely brilliant. Gale Force went one wide, eighty percent shooting efficiency. That's very, very impressive. So their game management was very good. Their powerful running game is there. You cannot uh, underestimate what Max Day has brought because last Sunday like he, he he ripped that team apart he took out Loftus he took out James Carr he took out Matthew Rowan he brought in Doherty and Kevin McLaughlin two old heads 33, 34, 35 years ago whatever to block that middle that's the at great tactical play but secondly what what uh, Max Day has done this year when Muller Oshin Mullen left for Australia and when Lee Keegan retired, you said irreplaceable. Yet he has seamlessly brought in three brilliant attacking young defenders in Sam Callan and David McBride and in Jack Kai. Very, very Cal- McBride scored a, a brilliant goal last week. Callan's man marking role this year 
he he just he he man marked Sean O'Shea out of the game against Kerry. He man marked Shane Walsh out of the game last week. No score from play, and he'll probably be entrusted with the task of man marking Con. Big D. the big question mark over me was it was a tough game. A week will they have recovered in a week? Have they the scoring power to get through the dubs? The dubs are fresh. They've had a two week break. I okay, admittedly. They've had no test today. This is only the second Division 1 team that have played all year long because they were obviously in Division 2. But I get their timing is good. Uh, their forward play is excellent. They have a subs bench which they didn't have last year. They can bring on Paul Mannion, Jack McCaffrey, Conor Costello, Dean Rock. Uh, there's still question marks over the dubs. They're far from being the... Look, they're not, they're not the team that won the six in a row. Uh, their full back line I think uh, is vulnerable uh, Stephen Cluxon's kick, kick outs aren't the brilliance that they were even though you've got him he's now gone 11 championship games without conceding a goal Sharon Kilkenny is not firing at all cylinders and there's also a question back about a free taker because with Dean Rock and the subs now and not being used they haven't got that reliable 100% free taker but look Dubs and Crow Park two week break I know I shouldn't be right here off me, but I just fancy. I just have this thing in my head. I have this thing in my head that it's going to be down the line, even though there's two matches to go, that it's going to be a Kerry Dublin final. Wouldn't that be an interesting lineup to say the very, very least of it? Um, we're going to, we're just going to pop away from the football path for a moment or two um, and come to the hurling to us. Um, now, I know I, I'm jumping ahead, if you like, a weekend here. Uh, because we have the the semi-finals in Harding the following weekend again. Um, but look at Japers, two two mighty games to look forward to. Limerick and Galway, and then of course Kilkenny and Clare. Yeah, Michael, it's 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 down to the last four, and I suppose for all the four teams, it's about recovery, recovery for for the couple of days now, getting getting ready for the build up, and um, you know you, you look at it and you say. The Leinster Championship against the Monster Championship. Look at the injury toll in terms of Limerick, where Limerick are at. Um, Declan Hannan has been ruled out of the semi-final. Um, whether that's true or not, whether we see an appearance from him at some stage. Um, you'd love to know if you're a Limerick follower, the status of Keane Lynch, where Keane Lynch is at mm-hmm. in terms of his fitness, because look, he only paid a part part of of, of a championship campaign to date, and uh, they they need him. But I look at it, Michael, and, and I know we can, we, we'll do a bit more on this uh, uh, next week in, in preview of, of the semi-finals, but um, this is a great opportunity for some of the younger, the younger Limerick boys to step up to the plate. Guys that have been sitting on the bench there for the last couple of years, uh, waiting for their chance, waiting for their opportunity, because um, if you're out, if you're, uh, Declan Hannon is missing, that's a massive, massive bite completely for Limerick. So filling that gap is, is key. Um, and if you're Shefflin on the other side, I'm sure he's watching an awful lot of videos this week. Um, he will be next week. His team will be analysing the strength of Limerick. And what have Limerick done over the last couple of matches? They've, ex- they've exposed every full-back line by tr- bringing their half-forward line deep, by the dominance of that half-back line, and getting the space in front of that full-forward line for who has been the best man, the best attacker in the championship to date, uh, Aaron Gillan. He has been their star man. So Seth Shefflin would have seen against Kilkenny how they were exposed in Galway. He fixed it with Mannion. 
I'm sure he's going to do exactly the same against Limerick and how Limerick will contract that is going to be key. If he stops that supply of ball and cuts out those angled crossby balls into Galan, into Flanagan, it could cause problems for Limerick. And then on the other side, the other semi-final, Clare versus Kilkenny, um, you know, we're seeing a repeat of 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 uh, second year in a row that we've the same semi-finals. It's the first time since I think mm. 2016. You know, so um, and and they're on merit. Clare have been very very good today. Uh, some people fancy Clare actually to go on and win an All Ireland series. And I've just read over the last couple of days, people are looking at Kilkenny. They're saying, are they sitting in the long grass, Kilkenny? Because uh, you're not hearing anything about them. You're hearing everything about the the other team and. They, they, they win the Leicester Championship and um, there's some exciting talent coming through. Again, they've had their injury problems and hopefully, hopefully we're going to see a team fully fit with the starting 15 that they'd like to get. Maybe Hannon is, is, is the big one or the big question for Limerick, but two rip-roaring games ahead of us, Michael. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, as I, I said, just to remind people that that's the weekend after our next, of course, those hurting semi-finals won. Next weekend, it's football. We've talked to Pat about that. Great games to look forward to. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And uh, and it's getting it's getting warmer and warmer in the kitchen with every passing weekend. Um, and some great games, some great games to look forward to. Lads, thank you very much for your time. Pat Spillan and Tomas Mulcahy, thank you for joining us here on the Game on Sunday podcast. And we will talk to you again, hopefully, the next time. <laughs>